0: Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, your team, every day, every day, every day, every day. We welcome you to episode number two thirty-nine of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Good to have you aboard with us. We've got a jam-packed show, so let's get right to it. Before we continue our look back at Dan Snyder's year-by-year, 20-year history of the Washington Redskins, and today we're going to cover the Mike Shanahan era, and that will leave us with the Jay Gruden era still to come in episode number 240, which I want to tell you the news of the day, and that is that the Washington Redskins have signed... Montez Sweat, the number 26 overall pick in the first round, who they traded with the Indianapolis Colts to get, surrendering their second-round pick in 2019, this past draft, and as well their second-round pick in 2020. Of course, slot unknown for Montez Sweat, 6'6", edge pass rusher out of Mississippi State, who we had on a one-on-one interview uh, with um, over... Episode number 236 and episode number 235. So you want to check that out. We split it up into two days and two episodes. So check it out, 236 and 235, for our one-on-one interview with Montez Sweat. So they get a deal done with him, of course, a four-year guaranteed deal uh, with the fifth-year option, we'll deal with that, of course, many years down the road from here. Hopefully that's not even a question. For the Washington Redskins, financial terms not announced as usual. But what it also means is that the Redskins are now down to one, one member of their 2019 draft class, and that's Terry McLaurin, the third-round pick out of the Ohio State University left to sign so everybody else's son, including both first-round picks, and obviously McLaurin and Montez Sweat have been participating uh, in OTAs and practices in rookie mini camp with the Redskins, so that's been good. Uh, but now they have to get done the deal with McLaurin, third-round pick. And uh, as we explained a couple of weeks ago, when most of the class sign, listen, these third-round picks are a little bit tricky. Uh, there's a little bit of the offset language con- uh, and, and wiggle room in terms of negotiation, it's kind of a weird, quirky deal with the current CBA, which went into effect in 2011, uh, that third-round picks are, for whatever reason, and again, I don't quite understand the whole thing, if I'm being totally honest with you, uh, other than there's, again, a little more wiggle room for negotiation. Third-round picks seem to be uh, and are generally the hardest amongst the rounds in terms of picks and selections. Uh, to sign, and the Redskins, of course, only have one third-round pick this year because they traded their second third-round pick acquired in the Kirk, company, uh, Kirk Cousins compensatory uh, selection area. They traded that to the Buffalo Bills for two fourth-round picks because they no longer had a fourth-round pick due to the Haha Clinton-Dix deal from Green Bay during the middle of October. All right, so let's get to it. Uh, That was the, again, big news of the day for the Redskins. Before we get to Dan Snyder and, again, his relationship with Mike Shanahan, because that's where we left off as we look back again year by year at this 20-year history. Uh, we're going to tell you that at Redskins OTAs, a couple of updates for you. I was not able to attend, unfortunately, my other job at 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C., precluded that. Uh, I had to be on the air all afternoon here, and it was right at the right time. And unfortunately, the Redskins don't give uh, any flexibility at all with these dates. Um, so I just had to work, uh, and I apologize. But obviously, we tweeted a ton of different observations and reports and um, analysis and opinions and stories at locked Redskins at locked Redskins on Twitter is how you can always Follow this podcast, get Redskins up-to-date information, uh, stories, links, all of that, observations, again, that we provide, uh, and as well my colleagues in the Redskins media who were at Redskins Park today provided, so at Locked Redskins is a great way for you to go get more information. But uh, just quickly running through some of the highlights after and besides the Montez Sweat situation uh, amongst the guys that were not there. And, again, this should be no surprise. We've talked about this all offseason, and, again – The clock is ticking. Whether it happens or not, sooner than later, it probably can't happen soon enough. At least in my book, Josh Norman was not there. Trent Williams was not there. Adrian Peterson was not there. Jordan Reed was uh, not uh, in in attendance. Ryan Anderson was out as well, and so was Paul Richardson for the Redskins. Uh, Morgan Moses and Jaron Christian did not participate. My understanding is that they were there. Uh, but they did not participate uh, due to, again, recovery from injury. Some guys that were also not practicing, but present, Darius Geis, the second-round pick from last year, of course, off the torn ACL out of LSU. So he was at practice, but again, not participating. And Landon Collins actually did I guess my understanding, a little bit of running around, a little bit of side work, uh, but no team, no 7-on-7, seven seven, no 11-on-11s, that type of thing. Also, much like he was last week, Quentin Dunbar was indeed not participating but was present. Jay Gruden said he is running at full speed last week is when he said that. As well, Vernon Davis, who was not there last week, Monte Nicholson, who returned, and as well, first-round rookie from a year ago to Ron Payne, they were all present at Redskins OTAs Week Two Practice Two of the session. Again, mandatory mini camp mini camp coming up next week, uh, and the Redskins also have one more OTA session on Thursday. So we'll deal uh, with that now. A couple of things that came out of the OTA session. First, the really good rookie seventh-round corner from James Madison, Jimmy Moreland, who had an interception off of a deflection last week, had three interceptions on Wednesday. Three. That's right, one in which he snatched a ball away from a receiver's hands, uh, basically in a contested interception situation, as it was described uh, by my colleagues there on the scene. And then uh, at the end of the final team session, a 101-yard pick-six return off of Dwayne Haskins, a bad throw as, again, it was described uh, by a couple of my uh, different Redskins uh, reporting colleagues, a 101-yard kickoff pickoff uh, and return for a touchdown for Jimmy Moreland uh, and basically Jay Gruden was kind of uh you know calling him a mouse in the house that type of thing but three interceptions and again the final one a pick six and a return of 101 yards off of Dwayne Haskins uh, for Jimmy Moreland the seventh round pick out of James Madison uh all you can say is he is opening up plenty of eyes now it's practice it's May we'll see what happens in camp in the preseason. But right now, it's hard to envision, right now, a situation where Jimmy Moreland is not on this roster, especially considering that the Redskins are light, of course, at slot corner. Um, You know, again, they traded Kendall Fuller in the Alex Smith deal. Fabian Moreau was the slot corner last year, but eventually moved to outside corner, which is where he's been practicing now. Yes, Dominique Rogers cromartie was signed in the offseason, but he had retired midway through uh, last year with the Oakland Raiders. And, of course, he's up there in age, uh, although they still say he's running very well. Uh, but Jimmy Moreland figures to be, you know, right there in the competition for that final cornerback spot with guys like Danny Johnson uh, and Greg Stroman. Uh, and as well, we'll see what happens injury-wise. Uh, and, again, this kind of opens up the door possibility that the Redskins could feel they have enough depth at corner, even though he's not an outside corner, to move on from Josh Norman post-June 1st. Again, I don't expect it to happen. I don't think it will happen. It should happen, but it does reinforce the possibility that the Redskins could do this. Why? Well, again, they have, when you look at their situation at corner, right? They have Quentin Dunbar, who we mentioned is now finally running uh at full speed. Um, they have Dominique Rogers Cromartie, they have Greg Strowman, they have Adonis Alexander. The Redskins also, of course, Norman, Jimmy Moreland, as we mentioned. Uh, so you have those one, two, three, four, five, six guys. I think they still have uh, on the 90-man roster uh, Danny Johnson, uh, but I'll have to double-check that for you in a second. Uh, yeah, actually, he is. I'm sorry. Danny Johnson is under contract, along with Fabian Moreau, Dominique Rodgers-Cromartie, as we mentioned, and they actually also have a guy named Deion Harris, whatever. He's not going to make the team. But the bottom line is is the Redskins could conceivably eh, – look, they're not going to take more than six corners, Right. So we think right now Fabian Moreau, Dominique Rogers, cromartie uh, are, are are there. We, again, assume Josh Norman will be number three, uh, not the third best corner, but three on that list. We assume Greg Stroman will be included in that. Uh, and then that's four, assuming that, again, Josh Norman is there. Then basically you're looking at, again, a combination of Quentin Dunbar, who we all expect to make it, Adonis Alexander, uh, who is not a lock by any means. And then a guy like Danny Johnson may be fighting it out with Jimmy Moreland. And right now it's hard to kind of say that Jimmy Moreland hasn't opened up more eyes and impressed just because of his turnover-making ability. And that was the thing about him at JMU, right? 18 We talked about that when they drafted him. Uh, And so far, so good. For the young kid, the seventh-round pick, Jimmy Moreland, out of James Madison University. So we'll keep our eyes on that particular situation. This is episode number 239 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. We just wanted to run through a bunch of the news and notes from Redskins OTAs uh, as they approach their mandatory minicamp next week at Redskins Park before a final week of OTAs and then shutting it down for the offseason. When we come back, we will take a look at the four years of Dan Snyder and Mike Shanahan as we continue our look back all this week at 20 years of Dan Snyder right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. As always, when you get in your car, make sure you tell your smart speaker device to play podcast Locked on Redskins. And as well, make sure you follow not only at Locked Redskins on Twitter, at Locked Redskins, but also at Locked on NFL Net. On both Twitter and Instagram for all of your NFL team news and information and coverage. Right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. This is episode number 239 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Don't forget, you can get Locked on Redskins on the brand new podcasting app called Himalaya. As well, you can also download and listen to the show on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Megaphone, Player FM, and more. And When you get in your car, again, tell your smart speaker device to play podcast Locked on Redskins. And also, we want to tell you that this show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com, right? Who doesn't need a trip? Who doesn't need a nice stay at a hotel? Well, you can get one by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. And get Rewarded. So we left you on 238 with the end of the Jim Zorn era, which was my first year on the beat. And again, talking about that final game in San Diego and Jim Zorn being fired as soon as the Redskins came back uh, and landed in Washington. Uh, I was traveling back and I was not flying with the team at that point. I did so starting the next year. Uh, so I was not on that particular trip. I landed in Cincinnati after being in San Diego earlier Uh, on that Sunday and found out that Jim Zorn indeed had been fired, which, again, everyone knew was going to happen. So it was not a, a surprise by any means. But what that led to, of course, was later on that day was Mike Shanahan officially, well, let's just say officially becoming the Redskins head coach without officially becoming the Redskins head coach. So basically what happened was, of course, the Redskins had worked out a deal, With Mike Shanahan, and as soon as they basically were able to agree in principle, they got Mike Shanahan on Redskins 1. And I remember being out at Dulles International Airport all, all over the airport through the private cargo terminals with my pal Sky Kirstein, who now works up in Detroit. Uh, and is a good dear friend of mine uh and helped me out that day when I was covering the Redskins for again 1067 the fan uh at that point. Uh it was 83 degrees in San Diego the day before. It was negative five degrees with like a 30 mile per hour wind chill uh or a 30 mile per hour wind, I should say. So the wind chill was like negative thirty, negative thirty five on that January day to celebrate the end of the Redskins two thousand nine season, but to welcome Mike Shanahan, who landed in Redskins one right around four thirty roughly 5 o'clock uh, that afternoon and of course the Redskins quickly signed the contract later on that week they introduced Mike Shanahan as the new uh, general manager and executive uh, head coach rather and executive vice president of the Washington Redskins and of course in 2010 things did not go very well for a lot of reasons the Redskins finished 6-10 and 10. Uh, Donovan McNabb uh, was, of course, acquired in a Easter Sunday trade. He didn't even make it the whole season. He was benched midway through the fall contract extension that we explained last week and just what a nightmare that was uh, on the night of a Monday night football game against his former team, the Philadelphia Eagles, after the Redskins had won in Philadelphia in his return uh, earlier in the year. McNabb was, uh, again, benched in Detroit two weeks before that, given the contract extension, and then just fast-forwarding a couple of weeks later after that Monday night massacre and just that awful performance against his former team, uh, the Eagles, not only for McNabb, but the Redskins in general. uh, Eventually, McNabb was benched with three games left to go uh, in the season, starting with a road game against the Dallas Cowboys. Sexy Rexy Grossman. Sexy Rexy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Led the Redskins to the final three games of the the season. And starting that afternoon in Dallas, and actually the Redskins moved the football and scored, uh, if memory serves me correct, right around 30 points and lost, I believe it was by... Three ultimately after Dallas had a strong first half and the Redskins kind of struggled uh, on offense, but they turned over the roster, losing Jason Campbell. Of course, Chris Samuels had uh, been forced to retire. Antoine Randall L was gone. Fred Smoot was gone. And again, Mike Shanahan was in charge, but a lot of people, of course, were wondering, is Mike Shanahan really in charge? Because it quickly became kind of known that Mike Shanahan, if you believe him and Kyle Shanahan and others, that he did not want Donovan McNabb. He wanted Mark Bulger to be the Redskins quarterback, and instead they were strong-armed by Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder to make a deal for Donovan McNabb, which cost the Redskins the number 37 overall pick in the second round and an exchange of third- and fourth-round picks in a separate deal with New Orleans and Jamal Brown, who they also brought in uh, that summer. Uh, the bottom line is, is it was a crazy, crazy year It was not good enough, of course, on the football field. And McNabb, with the fake contract extension, or I guess it was real, but it wasn't really uh, designed to kind of be anything more than a public relations elixir and ploy, McNabb was again benched, and McNabb was soon out of there uh, after the offseason, again traded to the Minnesota Vikings, as the Redskins also had to deal with Albert Hainsworth, who again in the back end of 2009 had been kicked out of practice on Christmas Day basically was not happy from the get-go about Mike Shanahan and Jim Hazlitt's plan to run a 3-4 and to use him as basically a defensive end or sometimes a shaded nose tackle uh, in the 3-4 defense, along with Make Kima Atto, uh, who they also brought in from Baltimore. So, again, the whole situation with Albert Hainsworth was a little bit of a disaster, ultimately leading to his trade his trade to the New England Patriots. Of course, that didn't work out very well for him up there as well. Fast-forwarding to 2011, the Redskins were 5-11 this year. Mike Shanahan, in his second year, he said he would stake his career on Rex Grossman and John Beck. Eh, Probably not a good idea to say that because, stupidly, people still bring it up as something that they thought he said, like, in reality. Instead, he was just talking to talk. I mean, I know Mike Shanahan well enough. Mike Shanahan did not stake his career with any kind of level of sincerity on Rex Grossman and John Beck. Did he like both guys in certain ways? Of course. Of course, Grossman was 5-8, and eight. Beck was 0-3 as a starter, including a disastrous trip and loss for the Redskins in Toronto against the Buffalo Bills, in which he was sacked 10 different times. Uh, of course, I was at all of these games, and it was just, oof. There was a late-season loss to the New England Patriots. That was a crazy kind of up and down game with a lot of offense, and uh, of course, that was the Rob Gronkowski breaking of about 17 tackles and running all the way up the sideline for a 60-plus-yard uh, touchdown. And ultimately, the Redskins again finished uh, at six, uh, at five and 11, rather in Mike Shanahan's second season, and of course. They needed a quarterback. So what did they do in 2012? They swung a huge deal for Robert Griffin III. And of course, that deal cost them two first round picks, one of which would turn out to be the number two overall pick in 2014, uh, plus the number six overall pick in 2012, plus a second round pick, which would be number 39 uh, overall. The Redskins have done a horrible job with these second round picks over the years. Trust me, they have. Uh, Griffin leads the Redskins to a 9-6 and six record as a starter. Kirk Cousins comes in for him at the end of the game. He got injured, helps the team win in overtime against Baltimore, starts the next week. in Cleveland. Puts up really good numbers after a slow start. The Redskins win seven games in a row to end out the year. They were once three and six. To start the year, and of course, everybody is jacked up and excited. Day one, week one, I should say, in New Orleans was just an amazing offensive showcase. Alfred Morris, Pierre Garcon, RG three, couple. Uh, the defense, even though they let up 32 points, they came away with a couple of huge turnovers uh, late. The defense was really good down the stretch, and of course, again, the moment that you know, I think, to me, was my favorite moment. Of my six years, day in, day out with the Washington Redskins, 24-7, 365, was the division-clinching win against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football. That was simply uh, just an amazing, amazing night for so many reasons. I mean, I could talk about it uh, forever. Uh, Unfortunately, we're kind of short on time because I want to try and keep this moving and get through all four years uh, of Mike Shanahan, but that win... 200 yards for Alfred Morris, Griffin running it in with the bum knee, and what it represented, win or in, win or go home. The Cowboys were sent home. The Redskins won the division. It was freezing. It was Sunday night football. It was Redskins-Cowboys. It was the culmination of so many bad years. Uh, Two bad ones for Mike Shanahan. One bad one the year before that. One, eh, One for Jim Zorn in his first year. You get the point. It felt like a huge, huge changing of the guard in the NFC East. And, of course, well, it didn't last very long as we come to find out. Because, again, in that playoff game the next week, a home game against the Green Bay Packers, things went woefully wrong after a 14-0 lead to start the game for the Washington Redskins. Griffin playing well, throwing a couple of touchdowns, one to Logan Paulson. Things completely fell apart. Uh, For the Washington Redskins, I should say against the Seattle Seahawks, not the Green Bay Packers. That was the other uh, division playoff game, which we'll get to in the next episode. Uh, This was against the Seattle Seahawks, and then ultimately the Seahawks take over, take control of the game, and then ultimately in a late snap situation on a chewed-up field on a very cold, frigid day. Uh, And and again, at that point, FedEx Field was probably – uh, if not the worst field and playing conditions in the NFL it was pretty damn close based on everyone's account based on any visual based on anybody that played on it uh it was you know in some ways described as you know pure sand concrete whatever uh Robert Griffin of course re uh tore his ACL not retour tore his ACL after the initial injury he tore his ACL and Had surgery soon after that, and basically that was kind of the beginning of the end for the Redskins, the Mike Shanahan era, and the Robert Griffin III era. And, of course, that leads us into 2013. We'll come back and we'll finish that up on the other side for a couple of moments as we wrap up this edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Again, it is episode number two. 39 I'm your host, Chris Russell. Today's show is brought to you by Grip6, where their goal is to literally make the best belt that's ever been made. Grip6 is an easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, and even moms and wives. Yeah, see our women's collection. Ultra high weight, uh, ultra lightweight, I should say, with no holes, no flap, and it carries a low prow- profile with the buckle laying flat against the waist, making the belt super comfortable. A Grip6 is the only belt with no holes, no flap and no bulk. Grip6 has a special offer for you right now. If you go to this website, gripsix.com slash L-O-C-K-E. Gripsix.com slash L-O-C-K-E. And we thank them for being a partial sponsor of the Locked on Redskins podcast. And we'll be back in a flash right here on episode number 238. 239. 239. Forgotten. That we were already at 239 right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. And we're back, episode number 239 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to Locked On Redskins on the new Himalaya podcasting app in an ever expanding podcast world. You need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe. Right now, to locked on Redskins, and away we go. We'll finish up with the final year of the Mike Shanahan era, and there's no other way to describe it other than a complete volcanic disaster. The team was three and thirteen. They never won a game after an overtime win against the then San Diego Chargers to make them, I believe, it was three and three and five at the time, or something like that. Uh, And a short week to Minnesota, and they had the lead, and then a disastrous second half. Griffin was sacked a bunch. He just could not get anything going. Uh, No protection. He didn't help himself. Uh, there was a lot of friction, of course, leading up to that. The all-in for Week 1 uh, campaign, everything that his dad was saying, it was really upsetting to Mike Shanahan, who was already upset that Mike Sh- Mike Shanahan already viewed Robert Griffin III as a destructive personality because Dan Snyder was favoring him and coddling him and basically empowering him. So Mike was upset about that. They had drafted Kirk Cousins in the fourth round. It was a complete disaster from really... Week one, and Robert Griffin did not play in the preseason. He was not ready to go, as we all thought he would not. Well, as I thought he would not be ready to go in week one. I screamed about that constantly. The Redskins got embarrassed on a Monday night football loss uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles, and then new head coach uh, Chip Kelly. Uh, The offense was terrible. Five and a half days later, they were in Green Bay. Uh, Things did not go very well there. The defense was constantly exposed, and the Redskins started out and uh, 3 before finally winning a game week four in Oakland against the Raiders. And, again, they eventually beat the Bears and the Chargers in a couple of high-scoring games at FedEx Field. But that was it. That was their only wins uh, of the year. Eventually, Griffin, with all the controversy and all the problems, was benched late in the year by Mike Shanahan, who pretty much knew he was getting fired along with most of his staff. Kirk Cousins took over in Atlanta. He was 0-3 as the starting quarterback on a very cold, rainy day at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. Uh, Kirk Cousins in Mike and Kyle Shanahan's last game was asked to throw like 48 times during a very close game. Uh, it was kind of ridiculous, if you ask me. Uh, Mike Shanahan didn't do himself a whole lot of favors, uh, constantly leaking reports and you know saying some things behind the scenes. Uh, And telling reporters some things uh, that he probably should not have said, or or at least that is what is widely, strongly suspected, uh, I guess would be the proper. I shouldn't say Mike Shanahan definitely did that. That's not uh, politically correct for me. Uh, Griffin did not help himself out with some of the things he said. His father uh, the organization was an absolute dumpster fire. Everyone knew Mike and Kyle were getting fired. And, of course, they did the very next day. Mike and Kyle Shanahan fired along with other assistant coaches. Uh, Jim Hazlitt was retained. Sean McVeigh was retained. Eventually, they would join uh, Jay Gruden as his coordinators when he was ultimately hired as Redskins head coach. But all the promise of 2012, the rehab, the, um, you know, the, 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 unproductive year from start to finish for Robert Griffin III. The struggle's in the pocket. uh, Shanahan uh, and and Griffin talking way, 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 way too much. uh, Just, you know, basically the organization was ripped apart from moment one, and it was just an awful sight to see if you care about the Washington Redskins because the organization went, uh, you know, from an ultimate high kind of, to really the ultimate low with one bad, bad, bad injury on a bad field and then a bad year combined with some volatile personalities on everyone's end. And that's how we'll end episode number 239. We will make room for the uh, Jay Gruden years, uh, 2014 through current, in the next episode, episode number two. 24- Forty of the Locked on Redskins podcast as well. We'll hear from Jay Gruden, his thoughts on Redskins OTAs in that particular episode as well. Plus, we'll get to some other things along the way as well. Thank you for being with us. I am your host, Chris Russell. This has been episode number 239. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to the show on the new Himalaya podcasting app as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Megaphone, Player FM, and more. When you get in your car, make sure you tell your smart speaker device to play podcast Locked on Redskins. That's going to do it for us. Have a great day. Adios.